What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of RA Radio. I am Evan. And I'm Rome. And uh, today we want to answer one of your questions from Facebook, which some people have answered in the oh, uh, members page. So if you haven't gotten on that, you still can. Um, let's see. There's a lot of yeah. good ones. We'll start with, actually, it really liked um, this question Yosh had, which was, if your current self could tell your past self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have you go first so I can oh, think about that. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to defer to Evan. Um, that's a good question. I feel like I would probably, I think the, the two biggest things, which are probably uh, going to sound dorkier, one that like you are okay like just wherever you are and wherever you end up is fine you know because i feel like uh, for a lot of my life i had this constant feeling of like needing to be better to be okay sure um and you know obviously i still like being better and obviously like i like all the different ways that can play out and being a healthier happier more successful person is good but I think there was an un- unhealthy side of that for a long time to me. And so just being like, look, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, uh, you know, keep grinding, but don't don't stress about it so much would probably be the biggest thing. Sure. I think that's a great answer. What about yourself? My answer, um, I'd probably push it back to college and say apply yourself more to academics. Mm-hmm. Don't just try to go out there and have a good time. It'll pay off in the long run. Maybe right after school, stay in school and get another <laughs> degree rather than trying to go back again. Um so that would be mine is just apply yourself a little bit more and not just uh, have a great time at college. Yeah. That's, that would that's be fair. my former former <laughs> self advice. Um, cool. So we'll, uh, we'll quickly go through a couple announcements. We've got um, yoga coming up with Nina. Yeah, that's going to be on February 12th at 6.30 p.m. It's free to everybody. Nina's going to do an awesome job. We've chatted a little bit about what... Uh, the flow is going to look like, and we're both excited to do it. So let's bring it to the community, and hopefully everybody shows up for it. Awesome. I need, I know I need more uh, more mobility work in my life, so I will do my best to be in here. Hell yeah. And then also, as of this coming out, it's uh, going to be the very beginning of the RA Open. Yeah, it's open season. Open season. We're duck season, rabbit <laughs> season. We're uh, back squat season. Are you going to you gonna yeah. tease any of this first week of workouts for us? I, I can't give away any hints, but what I will say is check Sugar Watt on Sundays. Workouts will go out on Sundays. I'm going to release both of them every Sunday. So there's two workouts a week. They're both released on Sunday. I will program one of them in for a Wednesday class and one of them in as a Saturday class. You will have till close of gym the following Sunday. So you have a full week to get them done. Um, So hopefully that accommodates travel, busy life, redos, getting it done in class, getting it outside of class. We want to accommodate all those variables and um, let's make it happen. Get in the gym, sign up. It's still not too late. Even though it starts tomorrow, you have this whole first week you still can sign up for it. It's not too late. Yeah, it's awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Um, for people who maybe haven't done it before, can you talk a little bit about how the like judging thing works? Yeah, sure. Um, so you come to class or you're outside of class. You're going to have a judge. Your judge is just a friend. It's just someone that's counting your reps, holding you accountable. Um, we'll go through the standards. We'll have score sheets. So even as a judge, if you're nervous judging, um, just just follow the score sheet. Hey, did they squat below parallel? Did they stand all the way up? Did they lay all the way down? Did they get their chin over the bar for a pull-up? All the, all the basic stuff that you know about. And for the scale division, we'll give the movement standards for that as well. So really everyone can comply. 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, if you're just to clarify it, so we're doing the workouts. Like workout one will be Wednesday during class. You can come do it with everyone Correct. during class. Workout two will be Saturday class. You can come do it with everyone. But if for some reason you're either missing Wednesday or Saturday and want to say squeeze workout one in on Tuesday, you can grab someone who can watch you and judge you and sort of be a witness to whatever you did. Hopefully they don't help you cut corners <laughs> or pad your stats too hard. But uh, so then your your scores will end up at least the way we did last year was you'd put your score on SugarWad and note your judge um and so that's sort of the in the comments you can note sort of whoever your judge yep. was um yep. and then yeah at the end of the week those scores all get pulled in it's sort of leaderboard style like a lot of crossfit competitions where first place is one point and then exactly. if you go down you get points and then over the weeks your points add up that's it that's the whole the whole deal yeah and i think uh one other thing i mean it's funny or almost i feel like coming back to um you know yosha's question i feel like a big a big thing with this for different people and maybe this is more a note for myself than anyone else is always just like trying to have a good mindset about it you know it's it's fun and we i think a lot of us really like to compete but at the end of the day it's like it's a fun in-house competition uh no one has to kill anyone or themselves hopefully no one gets wrapped though this year (laughs) you know it's not worth it um and then even for myself you know now training for some of this endurance stuff it's like i'm excited to throw down but i'm probably going to do a few less redos than last year and it's a good chance to test yourself yeah and it's designed to be a community builder not something that pushes people apart or makes them more competitive Sure, you can be more competitive, but it's to lift one another up. Find a friend, get out, make yourself a little uncomfortable. Let's do the thing. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Can't wait to see you guys this week, see how everyone does. I can't wait to find out what the workouts are. Yeah. It's killing me that room. I can't won't. wait to let to tell everybody. <laughs> so we will we will find out. I'm coming back from Florida on Tuesday. So I'm gonna have like two days of ruminating before Just I can get mulling it over. Yeah, strategizing everything. Um, which I think will be fun too. And that's one of the things that maybe we can talk about a little bit on here, maybe in some of the intros even, is just like the various ways people either um, did well or bottlenecks people hit in some of these workouts. You yeah. know, just from from the sense of like, if you are trying to be competitive, like how do you approach these workouts in a competitive way? How do you approach these in more of a just train and have fun way? What are the places you can, you know, shave time or increase scores and, and whatnot? So that should be fun. I agree. I think it's a great idea. Awesome. So today we are talking to Sarah, and uh, I didn't really have a lot of interaction with her before this, but she was awesome. She was uh, Sarah's really the cool. OG. She is the original gangster of the gym. You guys have a great episode to listen to. Uh, Sarah's a lot of fun. Her and I have uh, we have over a ten year relationship now, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And definitely by the end of it, I was very aware of the gangster part. Like you guys have all <laughs> done some some crazy stuff, and for. Uh, you know, for being a, a slightly more mature person in the group of some of these stories, she was thrown down with the best of, of them. Of course, so. absolutely. Can party <laughs> me, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, we talk about her work in uh, audiology with ears and uh, hearing aids and all that sort of stuff. We talk about traveling and going to the CrossFit Games and uh, skiing all around the world and all sorts of fun stuff. So there's, there's a lot of skiing in the Romeo Athletics community. So there is. I mean, that's that's part of being in the Northeast, right? Yes. It's part about the uh, our location. Awesome. Well... Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Good luck on the first week of the Open, and we will see you next week. Yeah, check it out. Uh, I'm in sales now for a hearing aid manufacturer. But she is still Dr. Sarah. We called her Dr. Sarah for a while. And is also Mom Sarah and a bunch of other nicknames as well. Most recently, OG Sarah. OG OG Sarah. Sarah. Because she's the original gangster. Mm -hmm. The original ear doctor. 
Yeah. <laughs> I went um I went to an audiologist near us a while ago um because I was having an issue. I thought that I was having like a blockage in one of my ears. Um but it was a weird timing where two different sets of headphones I have because I have like custom molded in-ear monitors that I originally use for music stuff but I use for work a lot too um, and then I also have just like my Jabra like wireless gym headphones or whatever and for some reason the left bud in the Jabra started to die at the same time as apparently the like uh, high-end driver canal in the in-ears got clogged with like earwax and so I just lost all this clarity in my left ear at the same time and I was like doctor I don't know what's wrong I with me I'm deaf. I think I'm losing my hearing and they tested me and they were like no you have really good hearing Goodness. so I don't know what uh, what's wrong with it and so I ended up having to get them all fixed and have been fine since then but I did have this brief scare where I went in and was like I don't know what's wrong it can be scary for people, but I'm glad it was just earwax. And yeah. That's an easy fix for people. <laughs> unlike, uh, unlike Kristen's permanent ear problem. Yeah, that's Did crazy. you hear that story? I haven't listened to her podcast yet, so no. Well, what the fuck, Sarah? I yeah, know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get on that. You came show. on the show, you haven't even listened <laughs> to her. We'll pause this. <laughs> we'll talk to you after you listen to that. I'll be beaten later right. for not listening. Hers basically, the like, long story short, was she was like blowing her nose and suddenly like lost a bunch of hearing in one ear. And originally, I guess they said it was that like she blew fluid into her ear. But then she like went and got a second opinion, and they were like, "No, it's not that at all. It was just a coincidence." Coincidence, and, yeah. Um, but she, for whatever reason, has like a half deaf ear now. Those sudden hearing losses are scary for people. Yeah, because there's nothing that there's no warning that they're coming on, and yeah. typically, if you notice it soon, they can try treating it with steroids. That was what she said. But, I think that there was yeah. something that if they if they hadn't called it what they said it was they yep. could have treated it but it was too late by the time she got yeah. the second opinion yeah so you work in sales but you also know a lot so i my degree is in audiology okay. i do have my doctorate in so audiology you are an ear doctor i am an ear doctor that's a doctor sarah a came from I was actually a, a hearing doctor <laughs> yeah the, a hearing doctor the ear nose and throats of the world would oh, gotcha. not uh, want me to be called an ear doctor but gotcha. a hearing doctor okay and so i worked clinically for a long time um, prior to the company I'm working with now is at Mercy Hospital in Springfield. Okay. Working um, mostly in pediatrics as a pediatric audiologist. So I worked testing people, fitting hearing aids. Sure. And about 15 years ago, this company that I used a lot of their product on my patients and was always very happy with it, always like the company approached me about uh, going to work for them on the sales side of things. Cool. And so now I've been doing that for 15 years. So I travel... My territory just changed again, but I oh, traveled mostly territory? New England. I'm now coming back to Connecticut. Yeah. So I so have, we'll see you more often? Yeah, hopefully. Good. I have uh, west this northwestern part of Connecticut up to like Brattleboro and okay. Western Mass. So through the, the Berkshires, Berkshires and I'm such? back to the Berkshires. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Back to my old stomping grounds. Yeah. So now I visit clinics and hospitals and private practices, anybody that sells hearing aids to try to get them to buy my What do you like products. more? What you used to do or what you do now? You I really tell them. Yeah, I really like what I <laughs> No one's going to listen to this. Yeah. Don't worry. There's <laughs> like five people that listen. <laughs> I hope my boss doesn't Google Sarah Scarp and steal yeah, like, Hey, what's this? Like, why is she doing a podcast at one o'clock on a Wednesday? <laughs> the perks of being right. in sales, exactly. right? As long as you sell your stuff, you're good. Exactly. But that is what I like about the sales part of it. I still get to be an audiologist because I still go into offices and see patients with some of my customers. 
But then I'm in charge of my own schedule, which is beautiful. Right. Yeah. Um, Is it true? I've heard that like, because once in a while I get the like random short-term high-pitched ringing thing that it's that. like you're losing a frequency like you that's the last time you'll ever hear that or is that a is that, is that, is that an I've urban myth sometimes yes and sometimes no they do say that tinnitus is what it's mm-hmm. called or tinnitus depending on whatever they're both cor- correct pronunciations but they will say oftentimes it's the cry of the hair cells in your inner ear in distress interesting but usually that's after a long period of noise exposure you know if you get if you've gone to a concert and your ears ring for a little while the next day yep those are definitely hair cells dying but the the random one that just pops in and goes away it's just how you're i just assumed it was from years of abuse like here and there like you get that like noise i'm like someday that's going to be worse but i'll just ignore it and like we talked about this in the last podcast i'm just going to ignore all of these injuries or things for a long time and i'll deal with it in the future yeah (laughs) so how do you get into like hearing stuff Oh, I kind of stumbled into it, which is the case for most people who are audiologists. You didn't um, grow up wanting really? to yeah. check no. people's ears? No, <laughs> I actually, my freshman year of college, which my father lovingly referred to as my $10,000 party. Ah. Where'd you go? Because uh, I, don't, I don't even know that. Where'd you go to school? So I wanted to be a physical therapist. Okay. And went to this small private college outside of Buffalo, New York called sure. Damon College. Okay. My first day there... I met somebody who was making fake IDs. Oh. And the rest is history. Nice. <laughs> so after my first year, um, they realized that I was probably not material for their program. And sure. Basically asked me not to really? come back. So I got arrested for a fake ID too. <laughs> I didn't I know, get arrested. I, oh, so yeah, oh, I, it I'm lasted until I turned twenty one. So, I got arrested. Yeah, no. I got. I have a whole other story about that. <laughs> but yeah, they I got arrested. New York City police detectives were calling my house about um where I got it from, because I said I would agree to participate, and that's actually, mm-hmm. they called my house, and that's how my parents found out that I got arrested, was because the New York City Police Department was calling um, my parents, asking for me about um, where I bought my ID. Yeah. You know, good times. Well, this was actually, <laughs> in New York, they were called sheriff's IDs. Okay. And it was somebody who actually had the legit sheriff ID background, but when I came back to Massachusetts, all the bars around here kind of knew they were fake. In fact, sure. when I went into... The keg room. That's how old I am. I went to the keg room in downtown Springfield, okay, which hasn't been there for yeah, a I don't thousand even know what years you're now. About, exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I went in there on my twenty-first birthday with my license, he was the bouncer because we used to go in there all the time. Looked at it and he was like, "No, it's about time." Nice. I was like, "Ah, it's yep, fine that you have a real idea." I see. No, I'm pretty sure when I bought mine, I supported some terrorist shit because it was like a back room in like Greenwich where they brought you through like this mirrored wall. And they're like, sit here and someone would come out and take a picture of you and then come out with like a Pennsylvania ID. Mm. I was also, the front half of that story was I thought I gave a under, I thought I gave a college security guard my ID. It turned out to be an undercover state trooper that then ran it and was like, this isn't real, sir. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So after that disastrous freshman year, I had to move back home and apply to some local colleges. And at that point, I, I'd always thought maybe physical therapy, speech pathology. So when physical therapy I didn't think was going to work out, I said, all right, well, I'll apply to programs for speech pathology. And when you're in your undergraduate, it's a, their sister. So it's called speech and hearing um, is your undergraduate degree. So you take classes in speech okay. and you take classes in audiology. And when I took my first class in audiology, 
I knew that that was the fit for me. Really? So it was you're instant, instantly intrigued by whatever it was. It was. Their reports were way shorter than those for being a speech pathologist. And I was like, like I cannot write that this. Is I can't write this shit every day. So I need something that's fast. And, Absolutely. Yeah, so that was my motivating thing. That would have been a similar move that I would make as well. I mean, like, so that one requires less It's a lot less work, yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like that was sort of my, uh, for a really long time, I wanted to be like in the Air Force or be a pilot of some kind. And then as I got older, I realized how much math those guys had to do. And I was like, mm, nope. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. Flying plane sounds fun. Trigonometry, not so much. Oh, I'm going to pass. I couldn't do it. No, those guys are all super smart. Um, so coming out like falling into that program was there anything that either like quickly jumped out at you as like misconceptions you had or common misconceptions other people have like what uh what are things people either don't know or should know like i know people say you shouldn't actually stick q-tips in your ears that is absolutely correct how else do you clean your ear you don't. The ear, yeah, right? The ear cleans itself. I feel like that's bullshit. You can <laughs> are the are the. I'm a fucking doctor. As my, as my dad used to I say. I still like, feel oh. like it's bullshit. <laughs> you can use a Q-tip to clean the outside of your ear. Okay. But you should not. So you don't stick anything in there. Correct. It just cleans itself. Because if you have wax that's in there, what you're doing when you put a Q-tip in there is you're pushing it further. But I feel in like there. you get some out too. You. <laughs> you do. But I pushed. How much but more did you, you push? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then you end up with more, <laughs> more problems. Sure. Yeah. Is there any yeah. sort of like uh, sort of preventative maintenance people should do or just sort of let it all play out? So for some people who have serious wax issues, yes, they need to see a doctor, a, a doctor regularly to have it removed because, you know, as you know, if it builds up in there, it will cause hearing loss because yeah. it's blocking sound from getting into your ear. Yeah. Yeah. Mine never became an issue with my actual ear because that was where they checked and they're like, you don't have anything in your ear, but the headphones themselves had gotten like clogged mm. up. Okay. Um, but yeah, Gross. that's interesting. Yeah. Are Gross. there any other like uh, common misconceptions or things people don't know? I think the biggest thing is that most people take their hearing for granted. Yeah. And so we live in a extremely noisy world and, you know, people are in gyms now with everybody's got headphones on, everybody's walking around with headphones on. And eventually, you know, if you're not listening at safe levels and if you're not using hearing protection when you're working with your lawnmowers or any of your weed whack, whatever at Mm -hmm. home, those can, all that adds up over time and just adds to to damage. Should Yosh and I be wearing hearing protection while we're in the gym all day, every day? Are we going to be deaf later? The levels usually in here are not that loud. Cool. I wouldn't think. <laughs> well, that's good. I would have to come in with my sound level. Sure. <laughs> you bring your, out, you bring your sound machine yeah. in and you tell me <laughs> if that, we're going to be deaf. That's interesting. Yeah. And even going to concerts. No, I mean, I mean, you walked away from how many concerts and you're like, your ears are ringing, as mm-hmm. you said, for a couple of days. And you're like, wow, that was really loud. Yeah. yeah. And people are like, oh, well, I don't want to miss out on the experience. And they make, you know, ear protection now that have filters in them. So when you go to a concert... It at least attenuates the noise so that yep. you can, but you can still enjoy the music and you still get your body thump going on with these big subs. I believe stuff. Sarah's yelled at me a few times for my dumb hearing choices with mowing lawns and other things where you're like, uh, you are an idiot. I'm like, although oh, <laughs> I really shouldn't be because now I sell hearing aids. So I so make like, money. Keep when doing like, it, dumbass. Yeah, Go no. ahead. <laughs> Listen as loud as you want. It's job I'll see security. you on the other side. That's right. <laughs> are, um, are hearing aids generally one ear or both? Typically, they're both. Okay. Um, 
obviously I know nothing because that was one of the things when I was doing music a lot I uh, played drums and so we'd wear in-ears a lot and uh, there were a lot of times that I got told like because there was a tendency to pull one out so you sort of had some mix of like sort of whatever feed you were getting and then the actual room but the the general thing was always that like that decibel imbalance was really bad for your ears because your brain would like try and amplify one or the other to level them out and so that being different actually would screw with it um so that was one of the things that they were like always either have both in or both out but wearing one is not a good idea it's gonna mess you up yeah and that's true for people who need hearing aids because typically as we lose our hearing because our ears are attached to the same head that walk around in the same environment day after day usually hearing loss happens you know at the same level in both ears unless there's a case like Kristen where something you know traumatic happens or you know an injury to the ear yep but usually it's both ears, and we do recommend because of how the brain works to process sound gotcha. that both ears wear the amplification, which like, most people hate. Yeah, so I'm, it's I like would. getting old people, you know, all the, all the signs use canes, of aging. They come in with walkers, <laughs> their hair's gray, and when you tell them they need this tiny little device that you don't even see them on people anymore, they completely freak out. I forgot because, I mean, Scott said that he has hearing aids, and half the time I forget that. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. He-. I'm like, really? Mm, I forgot that you had those. Yeah. Can't even tell. That's cool. So after uh, undergrad, where did you go for your master's? Did you do master's or is it like just a PhD, like you move directly into the doctorate thing? So it is now, but when I was going through the program, it you needed your master's. Oh, so, so you got your master's and then, and then I got finished my doctorate. Up. So you did three different yeah. degrees. Yeah. So where did you go for your master's? Uh, I got my master's at Purdue. Purdue? Yeah. Sounds fancy. Sounds yeah. very smart. Like the chicken <laughs> Big Ten, yeah. I feel like there's I'm a, a lot of Purdue's. Girl. It confuses me sometimes. Cause there's Between the, the chicken and the school? It's well, there's the, the chicken, chicken and the, the school, school and the pharmaceutical company, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is another separate entity as far as I'm aware. It is, but it's spelled the same as the university. So. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. You could work for all three, potentially, helping study pharmaceutical effects of hearing Ch- on chickens. On chicken. <laughs> there you go. Very important to know uh, how those chickens hear. You know, uh, with all the, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of studies coming out with the humane treatment of animals on decibel levels in mass farming or something. Bunch could, of crazy shit. You could get a study funded. I saw some study that they did, I think in the UK, where they put um, virtual reality glasses on cows that were like in like pens, but they had the virtual virtual reality be like these fields of whatever. They came back saying that they were happier, but how the hell do you know if a cow's happy? <laughs> exactly. like, these cows are much happier. Like, how do you know yeah, that? Yeah. How do you measure cow? that? Yeah. That's funny. That's dinner. <laughs> yeah. So you did a lot of a lot of school with all that stuff. I did. So after my master's, I worked for a while. I don't even know how long. And through that time, the the field of audiology was going through a change, and they they wanted to have more education sure. and more standardized education. So they came up with this. What's called the AUD, which okay. is our doctorate. It's a clinical doctorate, a doctorate of audiology. Okay. So now if you go into the field, once you're done with your four years, you're automatically in an AUD program. Cool. And you're in school for another four years. Wow. So I mean, no so matter what to get into your position is... So it, now the track is eight years. When you went through, how many years was it? Right around the same? Six. Six? Okay. Yeah. So you got through at least a little bit quicker. Yes. But one semester or one year of partying on the front. Yes. <laughs> so so seven, five which years, we all yeah. have that built in. <laughs> yeah. I actually, despite that first year, I still managed to graduate undergrad in four years. Oh, and wow. to put yeah. this in perspective, Sarah got a PhD in six years and I got a bachelor's degree in five. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's winning. <laughs> I, I would think so. <laughs> well, when I went back for my uh, AUD, it was a 
I did it online because I was working actually for the company I'm with now. Sure. And so they had tuition reimbursement, which is the reason why I went back to get the degree. And they probably pay you more because now you have the degree. They actually don't, but... Which is bullshit. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) If your boss is listening, that's bullshit. (laughs) If they paid for me to get it, you know... If I ever leave it and need to go back to sure. clinical, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Have it. Absolutely, but it was probably. I think it took me another two years of online okay stuff to get my. It's a lot of school. My AUD. Yeah. It is. Mandy has her uh, master's in early education or whatever, because in Massachusetts you need a master's to teach, I guess. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think it was a similar thing where it's like you have to get your master's, but it doesn't actually get you anything extra. So it's just like a bunch of time and money. And they're like, oh, now you can continue to teach here. Yeah. And uh, I know in Connecticut you get a raise for it. When Kate was a oh, teacher, really? so you can you can start out with a bachelor's degree. And I think you have three or five years to obtain a master's degree. But once you do obtain your degree, there's levels or steps or whatever they call them that you walk up. Interesting. But yeah. hey, whatever, right? I've never done a day of college in my life, so I could not... Grant any expertise. I don't know know if that's a good It's not for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So what was your sort of like athletic background, whether growing up or through college or aside from partying and beer pong? (laughs) So in high school, I was an athlete. I was a soccer player. I played varsity soccer for six years. And where'd you grow up? Six years. Yeah, we go to school for four. Town. Oh, because you did the middle school, high we school thing. Yeah, school, I did the same school, thing yeah. in Linux. I was really lucky with that. So I grew up in Munson, Mass. Okay, very small town. I'm from town. Uh, Hamden. Oh, there you go. Right yep. next door. Yep. Yeah. Um, so my graduating class was like 64, 67, something like oh, that. Wow. I had something and we similar. had a junior senior high school at the time, so it was seventh through twelfth grade. Yep. And as the first year, seventh grade was the first year they started a was it seventh grade anyway. They started a women's soccer team because they only had field hockey, and everyone wanted to play soccer. Oh, so, very cool! Um, yeah, right so at I've, the start of soccer coming uh, into play for ladies in high schools. That's awesome. Yep, that's and cool. We had a pretty good run. We were a pretty good team, and it was a lot of fun. So there we yeah. go. That's awesome. I don't associate Munson with a lot of athletic people. Like I feel like <laughs> when I was like playing baseball and stuff, Munson okay. tended. To, well, I'm just saying, like, like Hamden's any better? No, yeah, no. Well, we always got stuck together with Wilbraham. There was oh, always sort true. of this like, and so Wilbraham had the like richer, better athlete kids. But yeah, we were definitely the like redheaded stepchildren of ourselves. But I, it's funny just when you mention that with like not having a lot of kids in classes. I just feel like Munson didn't have super strong teams. But so that's awesome if you guys did ball yeah. in soccer. Boys and girls soccer. Maybe they always, got worse yeah. by the maybe. time I was coming. I mean, it's all flows, right? Who, yeah. How many kids are there? At what times? What's going on? Right. Or maybe yeah. just baseball wasn't as big for uh, Munson when I was playing or whatever. But we weren't We weren't especially all that great. <laughs> so, so no college sports? No, I went to college and got fat. Okay. Ah. And then you found us and didn't get fat. <laughs> well, that was, a, that was years after college. I had. So have you always skied? Because I know you're a big skier now, but when you were growing up, were you a skier as well? So I, I did ski some in high school. Um, okay. We would go on trips, a um, bunch of my friends and I, so sure. we would ski some in high school. And then once I went to college, I kind of fell out of that. And after after grad school, I actually moved to Vermont for a year. Oh, cool. I lived there and didn't ski at all, believe it or not. <laughs> but I only lived there for a year because after your master's, you have to do what's called a clinical fellowship sure. year. And so- I did where that up there. I was in Rutland. Rutland? I know where Rutland is. Probably from driving around for skiing. Yeah. <laughs> it It's a cute little town, but 
it's kind of scary to be frank, and I'm sorry if anybody out there is from <laughs> Rutland, but we went to, I'll never forget, my parents came up to visit me that summer, and the Vermont State Fair at the time was in the in Rutland. Okay. And we went to the Vermont State Fair, and we're walking around and, you know, observing what's... Sure. The, the, the just local people watching. Got, yeah. yeah. Doing some nice people watching. After we left, my mom was like, you got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to the Big E every year. You go to the Big E, and half the enjoyment is like, let's see who shows up here this year. Yeah. Or I actually, uh, I probably shouldn't actually say this. <laughs> Maybe I'll back down on that a little. Like, never mind. Next topic. Well, all I'll say is that I every time we go to like the Enfield Fourth of July stuff. Oh, that's another interesting. Place. I'm just surprised at. I wonder where all those people are normally. Because there's a ton of people that I'm like, I never see you. Like, mm-hmm. we all go shopping at all the places around here and, like, at groceries. And I don't know what sort of circuit there's this whole community in. But yeah. One year, I um, I set up a booth there as an advertisement, whatever, try to gain popularity in town. So, we I set up a booth that. at the Enfield yeah. Town Green. And there are some interesting folks that come through. That, that yeah. was a waste of my money. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that was coming through, I was like, none of you want to sign up for the gym. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> none busy, of you want to come join me. Busy with the uh, American flag wolf t-shirts. Absolutely, I'm pure, sure. Pure America. Pure America. <laughs> Bud yeah. Lights and Budweiser's, and here we go. Yeah, Yosha's people. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this, uh, maybe this is dangerous ground, but you say you went to college and got fat. Does that mean like you like put on five pounds and called yourself oh, fat? Oh, no. I was... Gosh, at my heaviest, I was well over 200 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and then I uh, I didn't really find fitness until very late. Okay. Uh, a group of friends of mine, girls I played high school soccer with, were sure. still really good friends. We were all turning 40 around okay. the same time, many moons ago now. But when we were, that birthday was coming up, one of our friends had the bright idea of, we're going to do a sprint triathlon to celebrate turning 40. And I was like... Fuck no. Really? Yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Does that involve like eating donuts and drinking beer? And Well, like, we do have events that have drink eating yeah. donuts and, <laughs> and drinking <laughs> beer, yeah. too. Yeah. Which is why I like CrossFit. On the definition of celebration, I think. Yeah. So anyway, they suckered me into it, and I ended up like going in full bore and ended up, that's how I ended up dropping all Good my weight you. was so where training was, for the triathlons. Where was the triathlon? The first one was in Wilbraham. Really? Actually. Yeah. They, I don't know if they still do them. It was, um, you swam in Spec Pond, which was disgusting. Yeah, I was going to say, Spec Pond's gross. You ended up well, running, in. running around Post Office <laughs> Park. Okay. So yeah, that was the first one. Then was we it did, gross enough where you came out with like leeches and shit on you? Not where that you're like, bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's small though, too. Like, yeah. it's like, it wasn't even a full, I think a, like a legit sprint. Yeah. So then I, was say, I feel like you'd have to like swim across and back and across and back and across. Yeah. And back no, it was something. just an out, and, out okay. and back, but we ended up doing gosh, over the course of years, I ended up maybe six, eight. Wow. So you did a lot of them. You yeah. gotta get, you gotta do this uh, off-road sprint with us. They've been Rome trying to convince me and Yosh to do this off-road sprint triathlon this summer. So if you'd like to get back into that world. Well, the reason I, stopped doing them it was got, it had gotten to the point where i'd done enough of the the sprint distance that it was time to either step it up or step out do something yeah and i was a terrible swimmer i even i tried taking swimming lessons sure. i just couldn't make my swim efficient. doggy paddling the whole way and or then, no? no i could like <laughs> you did the crawl i could do crawl the crawl or... but it just was not efficient and sure. so the thought of going up in distance and having to swim further i was like no, oh, i feel no. your pain never mind 
He, I, we got Evan to sign up for a half Ironman. So yeah. he's doing that this summer. He's doing a half Ironman triathlon. So what's that? One point awesome. two mile two miles, yeah. swim. And both sprints I did last year. I was just, I'm just not an efficient swimmer. It's weird. Like to what you're saying, it's like, uh, like twenty five and fifties. I can beat anyone I've come up against in a pool. But then you get even just out to like a two hundred, and it's like it's funny because I had to do. I uh, just started this half Ironman program, and they have you do these sort of like initial threshold tests. And it had me do, it's like a warm up, and then you do a 400 max effort, five minutes off, and then you do a 200 max effort, and then it uses those two scores and gives you like your threshold pace or whatever. Um, and my scores were basically exactly the same, and they were exactly the same as my warm up paces. And it's like, I just have one speed. Like, I don't, have, and it's like yeah, barely how, not yeah. drowning, yep. <laughs> but I can't I really too. go faster without totally burning out. And I can't like jog. I'm just like going and trying not to die yeah. i'm gonna go with hopefully if yosh and i do do this one that ignorance is bliss and that we're just gonna get out there and i'm just gonna let it go <laughs> well, we're yosh, just gonna fucking yosh see yosh has done a lot of sprint triathlons yeah. so at least he's he got a huge advantage on me and he still doesn't want to do it you'll you'll have a pool though you can practice in your pool <laughs> yeah we'll see how often practicing happens yeah. practice actually i do race the kids a lot that's part of the games i like to play so maybe that maybe we will be practicing this oh, summer man. before that so if you want to yeah. join a crazy sprint triathlon oh, believe me like, survival imagine. is the goal so yeah. Oh, you've done a bunch you'd have a huge advantage on me as well like my goal is to survive and I'm not doing any training for it I'll just be squatting and deadlifting and then I'll go do the fucking thing <laughs> yeah well since then my beautiful bike that I bought to do all these races with is like a beautiful piece of artwork on my mom's uh, garage wall still sitting yeah, there nice and pretty yeah the the off-road one that we're talking about doing you can actually rent really nice brand new trek bikes for like 20 bucks um, cause that was what we did last year. Cause I don't have a mountain bike. And so it's like a lake swim mountain bike trail run. Yeah. I would um, never do a mountain bike. Oh, cause I like on, to say Sarah. I'm too pretty to crash. Oh, you, you ski, I, I, crash. <laughs> I had no mountain biking experience and I survived just fine. It's really not bad. Um, but so you decided you were done with sprints. And so, yeah, and so I did, uh, in, in that time period, I did a couple half marathons. Wow. Um, what else did I do? Oh, and then I started doing like more regular gym stuff and like the gym I started going to that I was going to started with this boot camp stuff. And it was the guy who was running the, the boot camp classes who introduced me to CrossFit. And this cool. is all in like your early 40s? Yes. Early oh, wow. 40s in Munson, right? Yeah. So you're still in Munson, Mass. Yeah. Uh, small local gym, boot camp. Yeah. There we go. So if you don't mind me asking, like, how much weight did you end up cutting to sort of get down to, like, endurance sport shape? Probably 50-some-odd pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's super That's cool. That's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, I feel like, um, I don't know, I've had a few conversations with people. I even was talking to some friends on vacation last year, and we were talking about the triathlon thing, and they were like, uh, you know, I'd love to do that, but I'm 35, and I can't get back in shape, or I'm 39, and it's too late for me. And I'm like, you're so full of crap. Yeah. No. <laughs> I say that now in my fifties. I I don't think I could get into that back in, into that shape again. But I think you're you could. right there. I will come right back. Could. It might not be the same time that you used to do it in, but you could do it. Yeah. Oh. Just I'm look at Joe. Joe's you. almost fifty. He is almost fifty. Or look at uh, what um, Dave over in the corner. Dave's oh, yeah. seventy-one years old and mm -hmm. he's still lifting weights. Jack's almost seventy-two and he's kicking ass too. It's pretty yeah. incredible. That's true. That's what keeps me coming in here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys are inspirations to everybody. Or even Steve. Yeah, Steve is nasty. He's gonna um, weightlifting world championships got moved to Orlando, Orlando, Florida this year. 
So Steve's planning on going down and uh, hopefully winning a world championship. Wow, so we'll crazy. see. He'll be our first world champ. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We were talking, we went skiing um, like a week ago, and I don't even know how we got on this conversation, but Mandy and I were talking on the ski lift at one point, um, and we were sort of like arguing about <laughs> when you when you're old. And I was like, I feel like I would feel like I'm old when I start taking stuff off the table. And I feel like different people do that at different places. Um, I've taken stuff think, off the table already. Though. Yeah, like, but I was like, oh, I'd love to play um, rugby as an adult. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to get hurt. That's done. Yeah, but that's, I feel like that's a little different. Like, it's one thing if you're talking about, like, high school to college versus adulthood. But even if you get to that point where you're like, oh, I'm 34 and I'm not going to run anymore. Like, I don't know. And some of that can be injury-based. But I was like, I feel like if I, if I start taking stuff away and I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, whatever. That's when I would, I would personally feel like I would start to be like, sure. oh, Yeah, but I'm, the I'm bar moves shift. as you move. So how old are you now? 26. Yeah. So you're still a puppy. Uh, yeah. Very yeah. much so. So I remember when... You know, I was around that age and, you know, my mom's turning 40 and I was sure. like, damn, that's old. <laughs> and when I was going to be turning 40, I was like, nope, that is not I was so like, damn, old. that's old. And she's like, you just wait. Yeah. You wait and see. But I guess <laughs> all that to say that, like, when I look at people like Joe or Eric or yourself or people in their 40s and 50s and 60s who are still, like, moving and doing stuff and really active and engaged like i'm like oh old can be like way out there you know mm -hmm. it's not necessarily i think there's a certain amount of it that's a mindset i guess is really what i'm saying mm -hmm. it's like when you're willing to throw in the towel and how right. long you're willing to keep fighting for um because i don't feel like you're taking a lot off the table you're in here throwing down i try <laughs> yeah <laughs> not and as often as i would like anymore and not as aggressive but but I'm I think that's been like it. the lifetime, like life cycle. I mean, Sarah's been with us for over 10 years. Like the style of training, the intensity of training that you've done has fluctuated over time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like what meets the demands of life or injuries or travel or all that kind of stuff. Or like you pick up a different territory and you're traveling more, you're in a car more. Like I think uh, throughout the 10 years, that's somewhat adapted. It has. And, you know, definitely being 10 years older and as a woman going through hormonal changes in your, you know, late forties, early fifties, that definitely affects things yeah, I'm and sure. changes how, you know, you have to look at how you train differently because you have to be a little kinder and gentler. Yeah. yeah. At least I mean, in my case, looking it's at not recovery the same and women. like what's optimal is training every day optimal anymore? Or is it training three times a week? Is that optimal? And you have some rest time built in between like trying to find your optimal versus your optimal versus my optimal is right. very, very different. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think you've done a really good job monitoring that. Hence, still moving 10 I mean like right now you're battling that knee thing and you're like well I don't know what's wrong but we'll keep exercising and we'll just work around <laughs> it's it ignoring it yeah, yeah, exactly. talking about yeah, fine don't no, worry yeah, we I just ignore it, everything um, come back so you started gym ratting it up a little boot camp type stuff got introduced to CrossFit and that was all still in Munson it was yeah so I was still living there and when this uh trainer told me but he gave me the original crossfit journal article he had printed sure. it out for me what is like, fitness Here, read that yep so i read it and i got on the computer and googled you know crossfit in my area why did he do that because he just lost the client <laughs> he was like hey go check this out yeah. but i don't do it yeah <laughs> it's like you go into starbucks and i get this cool new coffee shop opened up right around <laughs> yeah. the corner you're like oh great yeah so you, you went online um is that where you found us it was yes. online you were the that was the closest one to to pop up, it was within when a half hour. This? It had, 
What November of 2009. Yeah. Ni- yeah, 2009. I was about to say 19. November of 2009. Wow, it's over 10 years ago. Yeah. You guys have been together forever. We have been. Yeah, Sarah was so the first, second member of the gym ever, something like that. Maybe yeah. third, because I think it was Bob and Brandy right before you. So, so Sarah's you, probably the third ever member. You had two members and you had a website. Yeah, I had a website before I had anybody. <laughs> well, listen, awesome. it wasn't really, it was kind of sketchy. Yes. Oh, absolutely. It was just the garage. Still? Yes. Still? yes. The garage. But you still had a website. So, but that was part of CrossFit, CrossFit mandated to be an affiliate that you have a website. Ah. Um, so it was a website, and our website so, looked much, much different. And I, mean, I, w- I think basically it was a map that showed this neighborhood, and yeah. I'm like, this can't be right. <laughs> I mean, so it's I, pretty crazy you showed up. I, I, call, I think well, about that. Just, like, yeah, the people I, that showed up to this, and you're like, man, you guys are crazy. Yeah, I call, <laughs> So I called the number. I think I might have had to leave a message, because you were still working yeah. at Mass Mutual. You probably left time. a message on my cell phone, because we didn't have a business phone. Yep. I actually didn't get one of those till like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> And Again, then I'm cheap, but. this kid calls me back and was like, oh, yeah, it's out of our house and blah, blah, blah. And for some reason, I still thought it was a good idea to Absolutely. show up at some stranger's house a half an hour away. And, <laughs> and so, like, for context, what what did you see that was like, I have a gym and some sort of community in Munson, but I'm going to, like, drive within, like, half an hour to some kid's garage. Like, what were, was it just, like, you read the article and you were like, this seems like. I was like, like yeah, I just want to try it. Okay. I just want to see what it's all about. It's just different. Yeah. And I showed up on a, I think it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving at the end of November. Okay. So it was cold. It's fucking freezing. Cold-ish. It was always yeah. cold. I mean, we, I was only in that gym for a short period of time. And it was yeah. always cold in there. And we pulled out these wooden boxes and put them in the the driveway and we were doing burpees on his frozen front yard. And- <laughs> yeah, the, um, the fun, so people that don't know what the initial gym looked like. So we're sitting in like the physical therapy room with the gym. My garage is, was about the size of this room. Probably. So yeah. the whole gym is this size, but it's cement walls, cement ceiling, cement floor. I don't know. It's an old ass house. I don't the know. The pull up bar was thing. like, foot long I made the pull bar out of plumbing um, pipe from Home Depot I like measured it out got it on studs Um, it couldn't even fit an eight foot platform I had to cut the end of an eight foot platform out to go around the stairs that walked down into the garage we could have a squat platform so we had one squat rack a pull-up bar a set of rings that was like chest tight maybe Mm -hmm. chest tight so you could do dips on it or you could do like muscle ups from your knees and then out from there we had like sandbags a couple boxes and a couple kettlebells and that was I was the gym. And then outside in my driveway, I had two big tires that Hatch brought over. Um, one of our members donated to the gym. So we had two big tires, sandbags, and these guys ran up and down my streets with sandbags. Um, we did. But, uh, and we, there was one light bulb. Where and it was you... an open light bulb. So it was just like a bulb well, sitting in the ceiling. Yeah. And then I used to go to, <laughs> at the time, would go to 430 class. class and, it was like two people. Yeah. So I'd get there and he'd still be doing stuff. So I'd be in the garage and... You know, it would be cold, so I'd shut the garage door so I could keep a little bit of warmth in there. And there's no heat, by the way, too. So there was no No heating source in this. So we're in November, December, December, zero heating abilities outside. So that's why the gym's 50, and I'm like, oh, it's it's warm in here. But I'm sitting in there one night waiting for him to come out and class get started, and all of a sudden the garage door opens, and because there's just this one light and there's no lights outside, all I see is the silhouette as the garage door is opening of this giant, and I was like. Oh, so this is where I die. Okay. <laughs> and this is it. <laughs> and that's when I met Bob Balak. Uh, yeah, Bob. used to be a member yeah, of our gym. And Bob was like a member the sweetest for man ever. But all I saw was this. If you ever saw him, he's a giant. 
end. He is. He's like I, I think about six five, like three thirty. Like he's oh, wow. a big, big human being. Um, he's he was big enough to play. I probably played in the NFL, but he played um, soccer instead. But he's still. Uh, he brought his um, kids up last summer for our kids camp. That uh, not the kids camp. The kids classes we did actually in the spring. Um, Bob actually is one of the couples that met his wife within the gym and they got mm-hmm. married. So he he was a longstanding member. He was here for a long time. All these guys helped me out a ton because when we went from like that teeny tiny little gym and we moved into the other space, I barely had like two dimes to scratch together to do anything. So it was like teamwork, make the dream work, like help me make a pull-up bar out of plumbing pipe and wooden posts. We didn't even have rubber mats. Like we literally, we had a cement floor. No, it was like a bare cement floor. (laughs) So if you did box jumps and fell, yeah. Yeah. Screwed. And like the, the box slid, so you had to have a partner put yes, your foot you on the other side of the box <laughs> to be like. But I mean, the atmosphere that we tried to generate then isn't that different than now. It's just much bigger now. Right. But we had a small group of people that were very like minded and we wanted to go out and do cool shit together. So we did races, we did ski trips, we did a bunch of different shit. And um, I mean, that's where like the beer mile comes from and all that kind of stuff comes mm-hmm. from was that era of. We're here to work out and work really hard, but we also want to party and have a lot of fun. Yeah. We did what? The Warrior Dash together? Yeah. The Tough Mudder together? The Warrior Dash, and for I don't know if there is such a thing anymore, but the no, Warrior Dash was like the original Spartan Tough Mudder. Yeah. Um, it was out in New York State somewhere. It was. Brandy got us a 12-person passenger van, and she volunteered to drive because she knew that we were all too dumb to not drink the entire trip she was right <laughs> yeah 100 we got a, I, I just remember for myself personally i have no idea how much sarah drank i drank a whole six pack before the race um so i was pretty drunk by the time i got off the bus and then we ran the race which um, was up and down a mountain yeah do you yeah. know how long it was uh it was a 5k it was a 5k, okay. it was a 5K. Yeah. i'm gonna so for the photo that we're gonna put on insta i'm gonna put i'm gonna find the photo the original photo of us after with like old tom <laughs> bob so the bob reference anybody that knows oh, old tom short shorts tom i'd love to get him on here someday that'd be hilarious oh my gosh um little deb was in that photo yep. as well and i think you and i and actually yosh was at that race he just wasn't part of our group yet so i remember seeing him in passing and talking to him quickly but nothing crazy well, that's too funny. But we finished this race and we're all covered in mud. And back then they thought the good way to wash everybody off was they took one of the ski guns and they pointed it down and they just turned it on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if you want to shower, go in that. And you're like, all right, fuck that it. seems unsafe. <laughs> and freezing <laughs> cold. But that's what you have enough beers and old numb you to that and you're what, fine. What time of year is this? Fall, I believe. I think it was the fall. Yeah. I think it was like right before ski season was getting kicked off. They held this thing at their mountain. And then I remember the way home was a, the, obviously just as much of a disaster of all of us partying hard. Um, little Deb riding on random stranger shoulders at pit stops and shit. <laughs> out, of, out of the breast area. That was funny. Is this the same race where you were saying someone had like a backpack full of Bud Lights during yes. it or yes. something? Yes. That was... um. I think his name was AJ, maybe. Uh, it was Brandy's good friend. Was one of their friends, yeah. A co-worker that was getting shipped off to, uh, he was in the army. He's going to be deployed shortly after, but he rucked it. With a, he did it barefoot, too. I remember that was the crazy that part, too. <laughs> he did it fucking barefoot. I forgot that. Like, no sh- like, like, I was wearing the five-finger things, and I was like, oh, this is dangerous to do. Like, I'm running up a mountain in these five fingers. He did it fucking barefoot. Wow. With uh, a backpack of beer. Yeah, that dude was crazy. I, I think I saw him... 
maybe two or three years ago, Brandy brought, I saw him somewhere in the mix. I know that memory is somewhere oh, in there. I'll have to ask I don't know her if somewhere. I recognize him if I saw him, but that's hilarious. But yeah, we did that. Then we did um, the Tough Mudder, which that's the race I vowed never to do again oh my God. because fuck that noise. How long? It took us like four and a half hours. It took forever. It like, Jesus, a long up day. Up and down Killington, like going Mount, underwater. Mount Snow, right? Mount Snow, yeah, Mount Snow. Through snow. That was the one time I have openly gotten naked in public and gave zero shits. Yeah. Uh, we finished the race and I was cold enough where I was like, I need w- warm, dry clothes and just got naked in the middle of the parking lot. And I was like, I, I don't give a shit. Did, yeah, because it was so cold. <laughs> like, you want to see me naked right now? Great. Yeah. I don't care at all. Like, I am too cold for this. The, the hypothermia starts kicking in. Yeah. But that's where we rented a house for the night while we yeah. were up there. And that turned into um, quite the party it as did. well. I mean, that was um, <laughs> John, Heidi were there. The Golden Sheenus was there. Um, if anybody remembers him, a kid named Brandon, we called him the Golden. He, that, guy, that guy was crazy. <laughs> uh, that dude was nuts, but um, he's a former former soldier, and um, he liked to let it go loose quite a bit. Um, and then Miguel was there. If anybody knows Miguel, Brian, I think Brian Brian must have been maybe Brian was there. It was an Brett endurance was, event. Brett, Brett, he Brett, Gearing with us. Yep, yeah. There was a bunch of uh, uh, that. That was what's cool, and we still have that culture too. But it's, I mean, obviously we're on a bigger scale now, so it's harder to know everybody that's involved with everything. And there's different groups of people that go do stuff, which is cool. We but don't that, get lit quite so often. No, I mean, then like drinking then was a different mindset than it is now for me. Where like, I mean, maybe you guys feel this, and maybe you don't. But like, when I start drinking, there's a switch, and you're very aware of that switch. And if you're aware, like, am I going to turn the switch on or am I going to leave it off? Because right. if you turn it on, we're going to black out and have a good time. <laughs> um, but if I leave that off. We're good. Yeah. 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 We did. Um, we also did a Killington ski trip. Oh, so yeah. Sarah, as I was mentioning earlier, Sarah's a huge skier. So avid skier. You've been renting a house for how long up there? Oh gosh. 15 years anyway. It's yeah. been a while. Wow. Yeah. So you spend like three or four days a week skiing for your adult life. And Sarah was nice enough to invite us jokers to come stay at her ski house. Um, so again, Bob Ballack, Brandy Lee, I forget who else, but I just remember we pulled in and Sarah was there. We, we met her at a bar and you were already hammered. I was already hammered. <laughs> Completely So hammered. we pull into her driveway and she gets out and she just falls straight on her ass. Yep. Just whoosh, slipped on ice. Beat up. Bam. And we're like, all right, this is going to be quite the trip. Oh, that's the best part um, of being drunk. It's like, uh, like the Home Alone fall. It was. It really was. Yeah, I absolutely. I did nothing to break my fall. Nothing. You landed flat on the black, flat, flat on the, you're flat on your back, right in the middle of the driveway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go inside and then the next day we skied all day and then partied that night at uh, wherever it was. I don't know where it was. The place where they do um, like karaoke and shit. Was it karaoke? I know it was a bunch of Jaeger. We went to uh, Sushi Yoshi for dinner. Yeah, we got a big sushi table. Yeah, and then Lee was stealing all these little knickknack things. I was like, what the fuck are you stealing this shit for? But that was his thing at that time. Get back to the house and we take unloading random things I got you a bunch of these Japanese, Chinese, whatever (laughs) knickknacks that are. Here's This would be good for your ski house. (laughs) Great, dude. Then we went next door to Pickle Barrel. The Pickle Barrel. Yeah. That's where we went. That was a great time. That was, was a fun. really fun time. That was, um, we should do another ski trip like that. And we don't all have to stay at your house, but we, do, we should do another <laughs> uh, ski trip up to Killington because it is a that great time fun. up it was there. a good time. That's really cool. Kate vowed never to ski again. Was she that did. at Killington? Then? Yes, yeah, that she, was. Oh, she said she fell to her death. She was going to fall to her death. Yeah. So on we, the, bunny um, hill. Uh, the whole morning, she, um, the whole morning she took a ski lesson, did really, really well. And then my dumb ass was like, all right, cool. You got through a ski lesson in the morning. Let's go to the top of the hill and we'll come back down. Ah. And um, just getting off the chairlift, she was like, 
you have to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> what did you do? Why did you bring me up here? This is horrible. Mm. So what we did is we would put her sideways on a trail and we put Bob on the other side of the trail. So this giant human being and we would ski Kate into Bob. Be like, just run into him. He'll catch you when you get there. He'll turn you around and we'll point you back down the hill again. And that's how we got down the got whole hill. Um, she was pissed. Yeah. And she's just vowed and she has since held on to that yeah. vow to never ski again. Wow. Which she's like, nope, you ruined it. So it is what it is. Yeah. But that was fun. Those it are some, fun. those are some fun adventures. I mm-hmm. mean, um, a no. different time of the gym, right? Yeah. Never mind all our California trips. Oh, that's right. I completely CrossFit forgot. Games. Yeah. We went, you came up to the games three twice. times, twice. The so first you did, two. what houses were those? That was Venice, the house on the beach and the house like two miles away from the beach. Was that the last what one? We did Venice. Yep. And that was the 2011 games or 2012? I think 11. Because we they had the Santa Monica um, run swim the first time ever, and we were right down the road yes. from that, and we like ran. We down. ran down to watch that. that yeah, that yeah. was. If, if you guys can tell, it's a whole different point of my fitness where I voluntarily ran a 5K at six in the morning to go watch a CrossFit event. This shit would not happen now. <laughs> I mean, we'll get ourselves a fucking Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But that that I remember that because we were running down Venice Beach and there's all of these homeless people just yeah. everywhere at that or that time of the morning. And I was like, this would be the place to be homeless. There's yeah. free shelter. There's free showers. There's food everywhere. Like, it's warm. Why wouldn't you want to be in Southern California and be homeless? And that was the same year the Red Hot Chili Peppers oh, filmed yeah. a video while we were at the CrossFit right? Games, like two houses down from where we were renting yeah. on the rooftop. They did like a rooftop impromptu concert. And like, that was my favorite band. Like we had a rooftop like thing at our house as well. There's a hot tub on top of the roof overlooking the ocean, two houses down the Chili Peppers play their new album. They play this big show. And we find out later that day from like YouTube. Yeah. Uh, we're like, yeah, you yeah. gotta be kidding me. We're like, that's, I would have much rather done that rather than go to the CrossFit <laughs> games. That was the year I think though at the games. Cause Brett came with us. So maybe it was that the was next the year. the second year where they, we got free beer. Yeah, we got, we, so they did an after party after the games were done. And they used to, anybody that went to the games that wanted to stick around afterwards, they gave you free food, free booze, and you'd hang out with all the games athletes. Um, that's yep. the year we got loaded on on the CrossFit games and mm-hmm. then uh, hopped in a van and rode our asses home for like four hours on whatever highway is on 90 or whatever it is out in California where you don't move. Like we were like two miles away and took like four hours. Yikes. Mm-hmm. And we went to the Dodgers that year too, right? Was it the Dodgers we game? We tried. We didn't get in. Yeah. Did we get in? No, no we, we tried. No, we didn't get in. Two, were, did two people go in maybe? Someone went in. Um, Brett and somebody must have. So what happened was like Brett the Dodgers games are in. never fucking sold out yeah. either. And we went up there and it was like lawn chair night. So for every ticket you got, they gave, like, gave you a chair. Yeah. So people went and bought like 15 tickets because they were super cheap. And then we went up because we just wanted to watch the game and they wouldn't let us in. Yeah. And we're like, you got to be kidding. That's I nice. remember like we were driving through, I don't know what part of the city it is. I'm not from California, but that like there's like. Uh, Compton, because there's oh yeah, yeah, like bars on every window, like things are gated off. It's getting to be dark out. I'm like, sorry, I don't know if we should be here. <laughs> and we're in this white minivan. Yeah, that white I'm minivan, driving. filled with a bunch of fucking white kids, <laughs> drunk, driving through, being Compton, obnoxious. Yeah. But good, good place. We should, if we had a red minivan, that could have been a whole different red or That's blue. That's true. <laughs> what was the like age distribution of this group of people? I think it was pretty evenly because at that time, except for me, except yeah, and but like <laughs> Brett's pretty much your age, right? Yeah, he's a few years younger. Yeah, he might be a couple yeah. years younger than you, but Brett was in the mix with that, and then it was 
Kate and myself, John and Heidi were a couple years younger than us. Brian's a few years younger than that. Um, Miguel was my age, our age. Um, I think, I mean, I mean, that's really where they started calling me mom, Sarah. Yeah. Well, that's I just, rented the car. Yeah. Yeah. She was our mom. She just made I, sure everything was I had to rent okay. a minivan. But fun <laughs> mom. You yeah. weren't like the, the rain on the no. parade mom. You were the party mom. So I she was not the fun governor. Drove them all around <laughs> in the, uh, in the white minivan. Right. Yep. After, that was a fun year. Because the first year I flew out early so I could go to a Dodgers game. Sure. So you actually got to do some adult things. And yeah. Us pick, jokers. Pick them up. And the first stop from the airport was, of course, the weed store. Nice. And I don't know what you're so talking about. So here I am, <laughs> parked in front of the, you know, the minivan. That was, uh, I had store. to go get a marijuana license at the time. <laughs> so I was down on the, the boardwalk in Venice. Um and this guy's like, hey, do you want to get a weed license? And I was like, sure. That sounds like a great idea. I'm in California. I think I was 24, 25 years old. Perfect. So this guy's like, walk with me. And you walk down, like you walk into this, again, like probably a doctor's office the size of this office. Um, an old guy sits you down and he's like, do you have this? Do you have any anxiety? Do you have any stress? Do you have that? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's stress in my life. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, you qualify to be a marijuana patient in the yeah. state of California. Take this paperwork and go that way. So they bring you back outside and you're like down these alleys. So these people are walking down these alleys in the back of Venice and you're like, I am definitely going to die back here. Like, yeah. this is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also taking... Meanwhile, I'm waiting in the minivan. <laughs> yeah, this is taking way longer than expected, too. It's like taking hours. I'm like, sorry, guys. Uh, I'm almost done. Um, <laughs> almost got my weed license. <laughs> so you get your license and they come out and they're like, hey, do you want us to walk you to a dispensary? And of course, I'm like, yes, absolutely. This sounds like the most amazing experience of my life. I can walk into a store and they're legally going to sell me any type of marijuana product that's out there. Um, so we do that. And then I probably an hour and a half, two hours later with Sarah and everybody else in the entire group waiting for me. And maybe I think there's one other person with me. Maybe. Um, I met back up with them. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But that was fun. That That was, was uh, I forgot about that too. Cause that was, um, definitely a a fun, interesting trip, an interesting group of characters too. I remember, uh, Sammy was on that trip. Heather came on that trip. Rob Jarrell came on that trip. Um, That was an interesting cast of characters Mm -hmm. that we brought on that trip. And I mean, we rented multi-million, like we rented really nice houses. Because I mean, like it's like everybody, if everybody each pitches in 500 bucks and there's 10 of us, we can get a $5,000 house rental for three days, four days. Like, sure, you can pretty much rent something pretty nice. Yeah. That's but cool. Those are cool. I think John Mulaney has a bit. It's funny that you just reminded me of with the weed license story. I forget what it what exactly it is. It's it's not marijuana. It's a, like a prescription for something else. Um, it's like anxiety medication or something. I forget. Anyway, I'm ruining it. You should look it up. But sure. basically, <laughs> he's like my buddy. My buddy has this prescription. I was like, oh, I could really use that. And he's like, oh, you know, it's super easy to do. Whatever. And he's like, so I went to the doctor and was like. I had to, to come up with a reason for visiting the doctor that made sense. And he's like, I had, you know, the, the best thing I could think of that would be inconsequential would be like, oh, I'm peeing a lot. Sure. And so he's like, so I, I wrote down, oh, I pee a lot. And the doctor came in and was like, oh, so like how much is a lot? And he was like, I hadn't actually thought this far in any of this. So I put down like, I forget what he says. It's like 12 times a day. And the doctor's like, oh, you need a rectal exam right now. <laughs> no, like, oh, no. That was a lie. And he, well, that's where he goes. He's like, so at this point, I have two options. I either go along with it or say, oh, I'm sorry. I was lying for drugs. <laughs> Please <laughs> prescribe me drugs now. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and he ends up getting a prostate exam. But yeah, uh, well, there you go. You know the things you'll do. Dude, I mean, California—they pretty much. If you, I mean, where ten years—it's almost ten years ago now—was easier to get a marijuana a, rec, a marijuana license then than it is now yeah. in Connecticut. Like, I don't qualify for one in Connecticut. I can't get one in Connecticut. But in California, yeah. ten years ago, they're like anybody yeah anyone and anyone that want, and everywhere you go there's these green crosses and you're like oh they sell weed there they sell yeah. weed there they sell weed there some of those places are sketchy as hell too dude i believe it <laughs> yeah so with this like sort of group that was going around doing all these things what do you feel like as far as like were these people who would all like come to the same classes or just there was a culture of sort of like everyone going to these things or because I feel like there's like some of that that still happens, but it's not quite as much this like band of merry men that go around all these different events and things obviously are just different. But yeah. like what was what was sort of the thing tying that group together, I guess? I mean, if you look at that group, Sarah was one of the original members, so she knew all of us. And then John and Heidi were came on as coaches. Brian came on as a coach. Um I think it was just because it was that much smaller. It was smaller, of a gym. yeah. So it was easier to, you know, know people. And yeah. we did a lot because it was, you know, ten years ago. People didn't yeah. have kids. Yeah. You know, we would hang out on Saturdays a lot. You know, after Saturday class, and you know, no matter what time of class you went to during the week, everyone was there on Saturday. Yep. And there were many a Saturdays we sat here, you know, after class drinking beer for the rest of yeah. the day or. You know, and that great game that we used to play was horse. We uh, it was a lacrosse ball, and you'd be like literally like a horse with basketball, but it'd be like doing things with a lacrosse ball, being like I'm gonna bounce this ball off the ground through the ring and into the bucket. <laughs> so doing like drinking games, like literally like with two people, three people, you're like, oh, we just drank a thirty pack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do another workout. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, why aren't we getting any fitter right now? What the right? hell? Oh, maybe I should stop drinking. <laughs> That's funny. Have you had any um, like? What have been your personal fitness goals sort of since leaving the triathlon space? Has there been anything that you sort of had your eyes set on, either have accomplished or are still working on or had to back burner? No, I, you know, I think in my early years of CrossFit, I was definitely way more competitive. Um, actually, it was the first or second year of the Misfit Toys throwdown that my partner and I took second place. Yeah, so nice. yeah. Um, I was so you podiumed at the, and we did, you did the Beast of the East with me, right? Did I? Down in Durham? No. I believe you did. I thought it was you, um, Erica, Spelko, and little Deb. I think there's a oh, photo of you. Really? I think so. I don't so. remember. Maybe. I know. You did a CrossFit competition another, somewhere. Uh, and you, you did know. the Iron Will, the first like one ever. Remember oh, the one we yeah. did the Iron Will? And then I did one at Iron. So I, you know, I did some, some competitions the back in the day. The Strongman one at Hybrid? Weren't you in little Deb? Or you in, did you do the Hybrid one, the Strongman one? Maybe. We at Robert Orlando's gym? It was a long party. time ago now, man. It's a lot of 30 yeah. packs between And it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. But now it's just a matter of, you know, my goals are to be able to still be able to carry my groceries myself. And, you know, it's definitely more functional based, just keeping myself moving and active. and Yeah. Ready for ski season. Yeah. Because what, you go to Park City pretty soon. I'm going to Colorado. Colorado this year. So yeah. normally you go to Park City, or, or I mean, I don't guess normally is all relative, but right. the last few years you were going to Park City. Yes. I have friends, thankfully, who have places in now Colorado and cool. now Park and So Park what part City of Colorado? Uh, just outside of Keystone in Dillon. Cool. Where we stay, and then we ski, usually Keystone, A Basin. 
Nice. That's yeah, going to be awesome. fun. And that's yeah. like a yearly. So, I mean, like you look at fitness as like functionality, but it's also like, hey, when you go skiing all winter long, you're typically skiing three days a week, four days a week, all winter. That's a lot to get prepared for too, to make sure like your body can handle that wear and tear. Yeah. Yeah. When we went snowboarding last week or whatever, I forgot how rough it is on my calves. Sure. Yeah. Shit like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I guarantee you, you're not like, well, after this, after the ski session, I'm going to do a lot of recovery work. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to eat well. It's like, yeah. hey, let's hop into the lodge and uh, grab a burger and some beers and uh, we'll call it a night. Yep. Yeah. I definitely felt better ski- uh, snowboarding this year than I have in the past, which was nice. Yeah, that's but good. uh do you guys have any other I mean I feel like there's a million from what I've heard but other great crazy stories from I've heard of people sleeping <sighs> in the gym yeah. I've heard people, of, that was a holiday party Brian peed in a bottle in a van in California I remember we were just like stop go stop yeah, go stop. stop go yeah absolutely just to fuck with him because yeah. Brett was yelling at him yeah well that's the year I had to share I shared the room with Brett and we had that trundle bed and he's like I swear to God if he gets any piss on me I will piss on you in the middle of the night and I was like he's serious he would do it yeah 100% I, I better stop absolutely the um and also with um what we were just saying that that holiday party um as you're saying people sleeping so, over remember uh was it Joanne that got absolutely hammered and passed out here she dated the uh, Sheenus I don't know if you know oh. what I'm talking about. I don't know if that's a right name or not. Then two other members that previously were at the gym um, had the walk of shame in the morning. Um, <laughs> that used to be some pretty good party. I mean, after like... burpees. I'm pretty like, sure I napped on the floor the when we got back from the Warrior. Probably. You had year. to sleep it off a little. <laughs> but like, so like after the holiday party this year, Yosh and I cleaned up afterwards. We had a weightlifting meet the next day. After holiday parties in the past, you would come into the gym the next day and there was shit everywhere. Like... Like sticky floors, food, like college party type stuff. We were like, how did this even, what is this? I don't yeah. even know what this exists We used to have our holiday parties at House of Rob and Alicia had one. That of was our the first time the shake party. weight party. Yes. Oh my God. We did a grab bag gift and everybody got a fucking shake weight. So everybody, of course, if you like fucking <laughs> shake waiting, pretending to do all their various things with that. Um, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, Rob, so Rob Burns was always, um, and uh, his, his first wife, Alicia, were, um, I think maybe it's his only wife. I don't know if he's married or not. I haven't talked to Rob in a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, they were um, culprits with us as well. They were around mm-hmm. all the time doing stuff as well. Uh, and if you know Rob, Rob stays out till like 2 or 3 in the morning. He can still out party me. Sarah probably still can as well. I would but, like to uh, see him and Yosh and a Bud Light off. They should do that, that Rob, classic, if you're listening. Yeah. I know Yosh's down for this. I volunteer him for all types of shit, but he would actually be down for this one. <laughs> we can do that, it on the podcast. They got to put be the headsets on. That would be amazing. <laughs> we'll put in like three cases and it's gonna take we'll a long time questions. though that's gonna be the longest episode we'll ever record yeah. that they those two could probably go on for a yeah long absolutely time. Yeah. they both love their bud lights epic. and that's like been his drink for forever but yeah we did a bunch of fun stuff i'm sure there's stuff that neither of us are remembering but um is there anything that went away like whether just because of time or because it ended up being a bad idea like is there anything that you guys used to do that doesn't happen anymore we don't party like we used to. I was going to say, the holiday party doesn't get quite so crunk. I mean, we had um, we had to call the ambulance one year for a member to get carted off to the oh, hospital. Yeah. So we kind of nixed the um, hardcore partying. I think that's the year we got... Um, 
the inflatable um, bounce house. Oh, bounce house. Um, so we got an inflatable bounce house that was like two sided. It was an obstacle course one. And the game was you had to shotgun a beer, race through the bounce house, shotgun a beer, and race back through. And whoever got back through the other side won. But every time you played it, you had to shotgun two beers. So, I mean, like, right there by itself, like, hey, get ready to roll. Yeah. Um, so we were having fun with that. And it was, um, I mean, it was Brian's dad that he got dropped off from. Or he drove there after playing a golf tournament. He was out in the sun all day playing a golf tournament. Had a few um, more adult beverages, probably. I don't know. Came in, uh, Brian just left. Brian probably left 10 minutes before it. Um, Al decided that he was going to flip upside down in the ring. So he flips upside down in the rings and comes back down. He's just standing there. And all of a sudden his eyes roll back and he just passes out and smokes his head on the ground. And we're like, this isn't good. That's not good. <laughs> I wasn't here for that. I no? missed that one, yeah. Oh, well, you were I lucky. must have already left. See, yeah. I didn't even need to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> were, were there any, uh, were there any like, because you have like the in-house open and stuff. Is there anything like you programmed back then that is like in hindsight's a little crazy or maybe people wouldn't expect to see now? Cause I know it was like a totally different clientele just with like you were doing more CrossFit. So is there, yeah, he would actually like, wad with us yeah. back in the day. Yeah. You know, three, two, he'd call three, two, one, go and he'd, Hop he's in. right in the mix with us. Or, or any crazy, just like I Saturday, think, uh, we're going to flip the tire around the whole building. We or, oh, we it, pushed we uh, Erica's Jeep around. Yeah. We used to do, um, Friday nights used to be Strongman Friday. So we would break out all the strongman implements and see like what a medley of events would be like, drag this chain here, flip this tire here, carry this here. We did a lot of that kind of stuff. And that was actually really fun. It was fun. Um, I would love to get something like that started again. I don't know why that dissipated, but um, that was around, um, I don't know what other stuff that we did that we currently don't do. Um, I mean, the biggest difference of, I guess with some of my knowledge based of, I was always hunting intensity. I was always just trying to go 100 miles per hour, fucking let's go all the time, heavy as possible, fast as possible, where now we're just a lot more thought out. There's a lot more that goes into the process rather than being like, like a workout I programmed in that I probably would never do again. It was like Warfrank. Warfrank is three rounds, 25 muscle-ups, 50 air, 100 air squats and 35 GHD sit-ups, something like that. Like I remember I used to do that every time, every year before Christmas. Like there's no need for anyone to do 75 muscle-ups or 100 GHD sit-ups in a workout. But like at that time, I was chasing intensity and I was like, this sounds like a great fucking idea. Let's- That's when you were skinny, Rome. So yeah, I was super skinny. had to do all that stuff. Oh, man. Rome I with was. a 8, 10, 12 pack. right. That's right for everybody listening. <laughs> I've heard that he has it did exist. I, bigger. I did see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna post post that photo up. We can do a three post yeah. photo thing, and uh, I'll put the photo up from the Spartan or not the Spartan, the Warrior Dash. Well, weren't you guys just talking about uh, the other day? You were talking about like fitting into your wedding suit. And, oh, like, never what again. You, what you weighed? <laughs> what did never. you say you weighed? Like when you a got buck married? seventy. <laughs> buck crazy. seventy. Right now, I'm probably I could weigh in right now, but I think I weigh about two fifteen to two eighteen, somewhere no, in that range. So. I'm bulky boy getting bigger, but then, yeah. So you think about what, 40, 50 pounds ago, almost like going in the opposite direction of you two. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. It's funny. I was thinking about that actually where, uh, I was thinking about that in the shower the other day. I don't know why, but I was, Oh, I was thinking about the 23 and me thing. Sure. Cause I got, I did a 23 and me, mm. uh, DNA thing or whatever recently. And one of the markers that came back, you know, I, I don't know. I had looked up the study after and stuff, but, but it's, uh, something they associate with, um, like fast twitch muscle signaling. And so they associate it with like elite power athletes. Um, but it's also something that like 65% of people have. So it's not that unique, but, uh, Rome has always talked about, he's like, genetically, I should have been an endurance athlete. And 
He's like, but I'm in here just trying to get as strong as possible oh, every day. Beating my head against the wall every day. <laughs> and I came from like being strong, and I'm like, I want to run 50 miles. <laughs> we're just always That's, trying to get good at whatever we're not good always, at. Always. Always. I did that test in high school, and they found out my lung capacity. My lungs are like 20% bigger for my body than they should be. Really? Um, I don't know after how, many, how much I've abused my body, how accurate that statement still is. But in high school, my lungs were 20% bigger for my body than they should be. So aerobic sports yeah. were really good for me. Hence why I like to squat super heavy and deadlift mm-hmm. and snatch and clean and jerk and press and bench and all that fun stuff. But, uh, you know, always got to try to be good at what you're not. Yeah. So what keeps you here? The community. The community that Kate and Rome have built is definitely because in the 10 years I've been here, I've moved a few times, sometimes further away. Now I'm a little bit closer and it's just, you know, I've had the opportunity to, to go to gyms that were closer to where I was living and it just wasn't the same. You know, especially after the amount of time that I've been here, it's almost like you're cheating on CFR when you go someplace else. So I couldn't imagine ever leaving this place. Oh, thanks, Sarah. We couldn't imagine you not being here either. No. So I think you should grandfather me in as a lifelong athlete. I offered you your, uh, like 10 years ago a lifetime membership well, for a stupid. very reduced now rate. Now you should grandfather me in <laughs> <laughs> as the elder statesman of CrossFit Revelation. It's hey. Romy Athletics. That, that would be an interesting like whoever the current like longest standing member is. Just sort of becomes like they Start take on this fills that void. Yeah, yeah. I, I offered that week. to a couple people, and the only person that took me up on that was Jamie. So Jamie oh, has really? Jamie paid for five, six years ago, fully paid off a lifetime membership. Oh, wow. So forever, yep, he has a membership to the gym, nice. and I will honor it forever because I made the deal. Yeah. yeah. That's Any awesome. business person would be like, you should not have done that. <laughs> yeah, I saw a video uh, a while ago about. Um, American Airlines has done this like unlimited flight pass thing. Oh, and they got rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. They got rid of it. They've brought it back a few times, but they made okay. it more expensive every time. Sure. But uh, basically, it's interesting because the video is basically all about how Americans like, oh, this was horrible and we lost a bunch of money on it, which it's, I'm curious, like, Did how they, you... Though? Well, that's what I'm saying is, like, those flights are all flying either way. Yeah, you're not, like, right. chartering a plane. Like, they're going there either way. You couldn't find an extra seat on the plane. Right. So I feel like you'd really... To look at that actually costing you money, you'd have to have situations where, like, it was a sold-out flight and there's a ticket you didn't sell. Sure. But otherwise, just, like, that person sitting on that Or plane if it was, like, a first-class thing or something where, like, you, you bought a first-class lifetime pass and they're like, but we so could have sold this out is. and we now are not getting revenue for this seat i think that's what it is it's okay. unlimited first class flights that's anywhere amazing. in the world for the remainder of your life for a million dollars it was yeah i think the most recent one was like a couple million dollars that's fucking crazy but it's still it was funny because they um they were taking a few case studies and uh there was one guy who flew to london for lunch every week for a year and stuff dude i like, would do the same if yeah. i paid a couple million dollars for a plane ticket i would go everywhere all the time mm-hmm. I'd be like well it's friday better be going to africa yeah. yeah like the uh the original pass was launched in 1981 cost was two hundred fifty thousand dollars equivalent to seven hundred and three thousand dollars now which yeah. still isn't that 
much money for what it is. I don't have seven hundred thousand dollars. I don't either. I would love to have that much money. (laughs) But just if you think about like for unlimited for a super wit rich dude that that's not a big deal for great deal. Well, right. That's like the people who own the Michael Dell has one. uh, Mark Cuban has one. Sure. It's like those sorts of guys. (laughs) People who don't need them because they have private jets anyway. Give me a break. Those fuckers. Yeah. Right. Um, I was trying to find the story of someone. Um, oh, because you could also get a companion pass with it. Was the other? Oh, thing. nice! That's awesome. And so then, then you and your significant other can travel wherever. Or not you even and anyone. That's there awesome. was no like name specificity. So to you it. could just start selling that pass too. Be like, hey, sir, you want to come with me? I'll yeah. give you half price of first first class. It's normally a thousand bucks. Give me five hundred bucks, yeah. and you got a round trip. Yeah. Apparently, um, some people got their um, passes taken away basically because they would basically do that, but where they would book a second ticket on everything they did, and then they would like change the name last minute. They basically find someone to sure. have take it, um, and American was like, "You can't do that. Uh, you can't just be like selling free tickets that's like outside the spirit of the thing." But like, here's there's one here. Uh, this guy had one for 10 years, traveled more than 10 million miles, oh, made wow. more than 500 trips to England, and according to the airline, cost them more than $21 million. Well, good for them. Yeah. He got yeah. the man. Seriously. But he kind of is the man if he could afford that, so whatever. I know, right? Null and void. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, though. It's a lot of... Although, I feel like it's one of those things that's like, it seems interesting at the time, but it's also like, you know how much time you're spending on a plane back and forth to London at that point? Yeah, 500 trips. What is it? Five hours over? Five hours back? I think he's going from Chicago, so it's probably like an eight or nine hour flight. So, 18 hours round trip, 500 times. Do that math up. That's a lot of fucking hours. No. Mm -hmm. That's like way past the full-time job of just going to pick up sandwiches. Maybe he really liked the sandwich. Maybe. Um. So what's what's coming up for you this year, Sarah? You're going skiing. I'm going skiing. You just got back from Cancun. I just got back from Cancun. You got back from Cancun. Yeah. Where'd you stay? Uh, it was the Fiesta Americana. You liked it? Nah. It yeah. was a our national sales meeting. Ah. Uh, We've been there a few times. It's not my most favorite place in Cancun, but it's Cancun. It's for you. You probably know Cancun better than most of us with how many work trips you've taken down there. Yeah, it's probably the fifth or sixth time we've been to Cancun for work. That's do they cool. do that crazy stuff that other companies do where they have like these huge like DJs or like music artists come in? You know how no. some companies do that where they put like these big yeah. parties on for their employees? They used to. Every year there's a big audiology conference that happens and back in the day it used to be like something crazy. A big deal. Like companies to get you into their booth would hand out, you know, coach purses or Tiffany watches uh-huh. or you know. So you wanted to go to like, those at that yeah. point. You're like Cool. Yeah. Let's DVD go. Players, We're gonna clean it up for the day, and which now is DVD absolutely player. against the law. And if someone tried to hand you a DVD player, now you'd be like, "What the yeah, fuck is this thing? Is this? Yeah, what do we do with this yeah. giant thing?" Yeah. <laughs> but my company then used to have like we had several parties where I saw Cheap Trick. I saw really. We had the Bangles. We crazy. had uh, Joan Jett. That's awesome. Yeah. Joan Jett's coming to uh, Fenway this year. I saw we got some. Um, I didn't buy the tickets, but it was like. Poison, Joan Jett, um, I don't know, a couple other heavy metal bands from yeah. the 80s hair bands that were playing at Fenway this year. Yeah, so we'd have these concerts, though, and there'd be like, you know, it was a thousand people with these bands. And yeah. So back that's in the really day, cool. it was So gone. that's like up close yeah. and personal. Like Now sense. that's all gone, but it's all Now right. they're just work trips. Now they're just work trips, yeah. You go swim with dolphins. <laughs> Do you swim with any dolphins? I have swam with dolphins. I fucking don't like it at all. Yeah. <laughs> 
Kate made me do it when we were in Mexico. And I was like, I do not trust this big fish. This thing can drown me at any time. Like, who's going to say this fish isn't going to snap? That is true. I don't really see the appeal. It, like, I don't know. It held me up on its, its like nose and I went like water skiing on a mm. dolphin. It's crazy <laughs> shit, man. Um, crazy shit. <laughs> like, that's kind of fun, though. But that's why I'm like, someday this dolphin's going to snap it and it's list. just going to grab someone's foot and bring them to the bottom of the pool and be <laughs> yeah. like, this is all for all of the years of water skiing on my face. Blackfish style or whatever. <laughs> um, what's your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I've gone skiing in Chile. Okay. Which was That's cool. Whereabouts? really super fun. Uh, Valley Nevado. Okay. And it's really fun walking through because their seasons are opposite. So you right. go down there in August and it's fun walking through the airport in August with all your ski stuff. Because yeah. people are like, why does she have ski stuff in yeah. August? In That's Chile. kind of weird, but so... That's one of my favorites, and Florence, Italy is probably another one of my favorite places I've ever been. Italy is supposed to be super cool. I have not made it to mainland Europe yet, um, but I'm actually supposed to be going um, in like March, mm. I think. We're going to Paris and stuff for a, a work thing, um, so I finally get to check it out a little bit. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it should be cool. I was to Florence once, but I was just a little kid. Um, Yosh studied abroad there though so if you ever want to talk about Florence Yosh oh will gosh. talk to you all day about that because cool. he loves that place yeah it was a beautiful city it was a lot of fun that's awesome I was just looking I was looking up where that ski resort is because uh, I had to go to Chile for work earlier this year and uh, we totally checked out a ski resort and I was wondering it was, if it was probably the same Portillo place. there's Portillo and Valle Nevado are is, the two big ones is what brought you down one? there like what what got you to want to go ski in Chile just because Chile, yeah, Chile, Chile yeah, uh, yeah. Just because just you could. thought it was cool, yeah, that's awesome. Thought it would be badass. That's it, awesome. It was, yeah. Have you ever been heli skiing? Super cool yes. there. I've never been heli skiing. How awesome! It's like so. We, do you like jump out of the helicopter, or does it like pants. drop no, you down and then you hop we, out? We were actually out in British Columbia, so we were in, in Whistler, and we did a heli that's skiing really trip. Really cool. Whistler is big time on my list. But they will, um, they'll kind of vary it to your to the abilities. Sure. So you go up in the copter with like ability to skiers okay and they they the helicopter sets down is it the so gnarliest skiing you've ever jumping. done is it like straight down like a mountainside like fresh no tracks? because none of us were you know that kind of a skier sure. well, you should have just so said you were was, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can handle that you get there you're like what did i sign up yeah. for <laughs> come back helicopter come back but literally one time the helicopter takes off and while the helicopter's taking off you all have to stay crouched down and the helicopter takes off and the guide is like Everybody just stand up and take two steps forward. Like, don't do it. Stand. And we did that. And then we turned around and we, he literally dropped us off on, on the edge like of the a cliff. Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you turn around and you're like, oh shit. You're like, yeah, well, yep. That's a little scary. That's awesome. That's, I really definitely want to go out there sometime. I'm jealous that you have all of these ski trips that you've done with Park City and then all the cool heli skiing. So was that your only trip to um, Canada for skiing? Uh, no, I've been to Banff and Lake Louise too. Cool. Yep. Been Very everywhere. cool. Right? Yeah. I really want to go to Whistler. Whistler. Yeah, it's fun. I and also then, sort of want to go. They have a sick mountain bike park there now. Eric and I were talking uh, about that. Like if you go during the summer, they have it, this whole crazy setup for mountain bikes. I mean, it sounds like most of these ski towns, ski mountains have like repurposed themselves in the summers to accommodate mm -hmm. like the mountaineering the biking communities because i mean now it's a whole additional stream of revenue right before yeah. it'd be like hey what's what's veil in the summer why would you ever go there but now it's yeah. park city like some of the probably the best mountain biking in the world you'll yeah, find out yeah. there um 
And again, I, that would be the huge attraction to just living out there. It's something that I, I'll be in the Northeast forever, but it's something that you can always think about and be like, maybe. Yeah. But they're nice places to visit. Jackson Hole's a great place to, to go ski. See, I've never been there either. I went cat skiing out, out there. We were at Grand Targhee. Is that where they uh, they literally take like the ski patrol, not the ski patrol, the groomer yep. out to wherever you're going to go and bring you out to the middle of nowhere? Yep. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, that's too. That's really cool. Do yeah. you rent that per run or like per day? Per, I think you, it was for a day and then you could buy extra runs while you were on okay. the trip. Sure. I think is how it worked. So if you, you rented a day and they're like, hey, if you want to keep going, yeah. you could cool, we can go after runs, hours yeah. if we'd like. Yeah. That's I, cool. I've come to the conclusion that you are the original gangster. I am OG. <laughs> not not the most, just original, the most interesting also, woman in the world. Also gangster. <laughs> Definitely heavy on the gangster side of everything. Well, thank you. I take that um, as a compliment. For sure. The uh, the most gangster audiologist I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's not saying much because we're not super gangster usually. So know. those work trips are always crazy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, so are you saying that your work trip to Cancun was less crazy than your gym trip to California? A little bit. Uh, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Get I mean, that is a work, a work trip for me is the California trip. That's true. But there have been some crazy work trips. I'm sure oh, there has been, especially when you were taking these concerts and stuff. And then there was a trip to Cancun where I had to take a cab from the club we were at to the hotel to pick up my luggage and the shuttle to the airport at 5 a.m. Oh, shit, oh. huh? Getting out of the club. My plane leaves in an I hour. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's light outside? That was what bad. kind of club was that, Sarah? It was called Coco Bongo. Oh. I've heard of that, and I don't know yeah. why I've heard of that. It's but. just famous the, for their cocaine. It's the weirdest <laughs> place I've ever been. Really? They do like these shows with ant, like Spider-Man comes from the ceiling, and they've huh. got people dancing in cages. And I was in... um. A club similar similar to that in um, the Dominican Republic off the resort where you should probably never mm-hmm. go. And all I remember, I don't remember much from this, but um, there was like a midget and a really big person <laughs> dressed up as a nun on roller skates. Interesting. And then there was all of these people on the bar and they had their cell phones with numbers on them. And we're like, what the hell is that? And when we left, they were like, those are the prostitutes. Like the numbers on their phone were how much they cost. And you're like, oh, all right, bring me back to the resort. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Interesting places. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've been to some interesting places. It it's been like fun. It. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and chat. And- yeah, so well, thank you. Thanks for having the elder statesman on. And of course. Letting, letting me tell my story. The decade of fitness. Fun. That's right. The we, decade of fitness. Here's to, to 10 get, more. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> we have to get you we should your, have a drink on here. Your jersey. We should. Your RA, uh, I could put that on myself. Yeah. I, I should do something like that. I think for your, when you do your celebration like you said you were going to combine it with with the beer mile or something i think so I'm you should do to. different color t-shirts for like if you've been here one to ten years that's one everybody color. gets a color but, but yeah, oh, you that'd, get be, a different that'd be easy enough to do now with our um, our website because you can order shirts with separate colors now where you can be like i want this shirt but i want it in brown or yeah. orange or do if you were here for single bay double bay or yeah right or garage or, <laughs> what's that no bay yeah. just nothing you get a half a bay yeah that's i'm excited to see that that'll be fun It'll be cool, hopefully, to see some of these people. Maybe we can bust the podcast out with some of the people who maybe aren't currently members, but used yeah. to be or something. If we Special get, guest we should do like the ten year celebration, but have part of it be a podcast portion with you and I. And we just pull people in, yeah. Like invite people throughout the years and just slowly just pull them in. And be like, hey, you want to give us like ten minutes, like fifteen minutes, whatever it may be, and try yeah. chat about stuff. That'd be fun. Especially fun. if everyone gets a little a little liquored up beforehand and has some crazy stories. I don't know if that's Which a lot. May or may or not happen. <laughs> 
Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.